Welcome to The Informationist, the podcast that breaks down complex financial concepts into simple, fast, and easy to understand terms. We realize that financial jargon can be overwhelming, so we make it our mission to bring you accessible information, helping you to use financial terms and concepts to your advantage. Stay updated by subscribing to The Informationist podcast today. In today's episode, we're rolling up our sleeves and digging into the realm of treasury inflation-protected securities, or as they are more commonly known, TIPS and their close relatives, I-bonds. Like usual, we'll take these puzzling topics and break them down into bite-sized, easy-to-understand pieces. We'll explain what these securities are, the nitty-gritty of how they're priced, and explore whether they deserve a spot in your investment toolbox. So whether you're a savvy saver, an investment newbie, or just someone curious about the financial world, join us as we make sense of these fascinating topics in a way that everyone can understand. Here's your host, James Lavish. Ah, yes, inflation. Something we haven't heard quite enough about recently, have we? It's not that we're sick of hearing about inflation, it's that we're sick of experiencing the effects of inflation. I mean, who here hasn't noticed that a Costco ribeye now costs about what a Whole Foods Wagyu filet used to? In any case, that's not really the point here. What we need is a way to battle inflation, to fight back, to save our hard-earned money and protect it from that silent super tax, inflation. And so it's no surprise that a lot of people have been asking recently if buying tips or I-bonds is a good way to do just that. First, let's clarify what these securities are and how they're priced. What makes them different from each other? And most importantly, are they in fact a good investment? Lots to cover here today, but no worries, we'll cut through it like a Navy SEAL K-bar through that $140 Wagyu filet. To start, let's clear up exactly what TIPS securities are and what their stated purpose is. Whether or not they succeed, well, that's a different story entirely, as we'll see. But in essence, Treasury Inflated Protected Securities, also known as TIPS, are exactly what they sound like. Bonds offered by the U.S. government that supposedly protect investors from inflation. How? First, let's remember how bonds work. When you buy a bond, you have the face value and the interest rate. And so, if the price of the bond goes down, that means the interest you earn on that bond rises and vice versa. Back to TIPS. First issued in 1997, TIPS are bonds sold by, surprise, surprise, the U.S. Treasury. They're available in maturities of 5, 10, and 30 years, and they pay interest on face value semi-annually. The value of the bond principal is adjusted semi-annually based on changes in the consumer price index, as many of you know as CPI. But remember that last little oh-so-important detail. We'll come back to it in a minute. In any case, upon maturity, investors are paid an adjusted principal or original principal, whichever is greater. Sounds pretty good, right? So what's the catch? Well, let's check out I-bonds next, and then we'll carve a little deeper into these fatty deals. I-bonds, much like TIPS, are also meant to protect investors from inflation. They're also offered by the U.S. Treasury, but interest that accrues in I-bonds is not subject to federal tax until the bond is cashed in, and they're exempt from state and local income taxes. Two small catches, though. I-bonds only come in 30-year maturities, and total purchases are limited to $10,000. Wait, are you suggesting I loan the government my money for 30 years? Ha! No problem. I'll just sell in the secondary market if I don't want to hold them anymore. Except I-bonds don't trade in the secondary market. The U.S. Treasury itself is the one and only buyer and seller that you can deal with. So, you're locked up for a one-year minimum. If you want to sell them after that, and it's less than five years, you'll forfeit your last three months of interest to the dealer, the Treasury. Which gets us to how these are priced and earn interest for you. The earnings rate for I-bonds is a combination of a fixed rate, which stays the same for the life of the bond, 
and the inflation rate, which is adjusted twice a year, in May and November, based on changes in the CPI. There's that pesky CPI again. Just how important is it? First, let's look at how each of these bonds are priced, and that may help us better understand. Let's cover TIPS pricing first. The principle of the TIPS is adjusted based on changes in the CPIU. The CPIU measures the average change in prices over time that urban consumers supposedly pay for a basket of goods and services. See, the U.S. Treasury adjusts the principle of TIPS semi-annually, twice a year, to account for inflation or deflation. This is done by multiplying the principal by 1 plus the semi-annual inflation rate. And so, if there is inflation, the principal is increased. And if there's deflation, the principal is decreased. For instance, let's say you have a tip with a principal of $1,000. If the semi-annual inflation rate is 1%, the adjusted principal would be 1,000 times 1 plus 0.01, which equals $1,010. And if the semi-annual inflation rate is minus 1, the adjusted principal would be 1,000 times 1 minus 0.01, which equals $990. The above adjusted principal is then used to calculate the amount of interest payments. Let's say your $1,000 tips has a 3% interest rate. And so in the above example, $1,010 times 0.03 equals $30.30. And 990 times 0.03 equals $29.70. The higher the inflation, the more interest you're paid, and vice versa. Got it? One more thing. The initial price paid for tips is determined in the U.S. Treasury auction. If you're interested in how this works, I covered UST auctions in a recent Informationist article. I'll leave a link in the show notes. TLDR, the stronger the auction, the higher the bond price and lower the yield, and vice versa. And because these are often bought and sold in the secondary market, you have to also take into account and calculate the actual yield you're getting according to the price you pay for the tips in the market. In other words, it's more complicated to trade these than I-bonds. Okay, so now let's look at the I-bonds pricing. I-bonds are sold at face value by the treasury, not in a treasury auction. So if you buy a $50 I-bond, you'll pay $50 and it'll be worth $50 upon redemption. Simple. Then the total return on I-bonds is based on a combination of a fixed rate and the inflation rate. The fixed rate remains the same for the life of the bond, while the inflation rate is adjusted semi-annually based on changes in, you guessed it, the CPIU rate. So the calculation is, composite rate equals the fixed rate plus two times the semi-annual inflation rate plus the fixed rate times the semi-annual inflation rate. So you can visualize that. Here's an example. Okay, let's say you have an I-bond with a fixed rate of 0.5% or 0.005, and the most recent semi-annual CPIU inflation rate was 2.5% or 0.025. Substitute these values into the above formula, and it basically compounds the current rate with the calculated CPI readings to give us a composite rate for this I-bond of 5.51%. In other words, returns in these I-bonds are highly dependent on one thing and one thing only, the CPI number. So that begs the real question at hand. Are they a good investment? To answer that, we must then consider the CPI. One of our favorite government manipulation or calculations coming out of the Bureau of Labor Services, or BLS, which we sometimes just shorten to BS around here. Why? Because let's face it, the CPI is a hopelessly flawed and problematic calculation that sometimes seems to have absolutely nothing to do with real life, actual prices that people are paying for goods and services they need. I've gone into this in depth a number of times, and if interested, you can read much more about the CPI in a pair of articles referenced in the show notes. But suffice to say, the actual inflation numbers are far higher than the Fed, the Bureau of Labor Services, and the White House will ever admit to, period. 
I go into the flaws and reasons in great detail in the above articles, and I encourage you to check them out. In any case, the point is that neither tips nor I-bonds offer positive real rates in the real world. Remember, interest on a bond minus the actual inflation rate equals your real rate of return. And in order to truly be protected from inflation, you need a positive real rate of return on your investment. That's number one. Secondly, why lock yourself into a flawed inflation price bond that you may have to pay a penalty on when redeeming within five years? When they manipulate inflation down to the 2 to 3% range, and it's really more like 5, 7, or 9% or more, your bond's real yield will be lower and lower every month. In fact, seeing how we're currently on a virtually 100% likelihood trajectory of a recession, I-bonds seem a less than ideal investment at this time, especially if we hit a hard recession, also likely in my opinion, which would ultimately push the Fed and Treasury to step in and inject more liquidity into the markets. You got it. Enter the money printer. The money supply expands and we have inflation all over again, but likely higher this time around. And if you're truly worried about coming inflation due to a hard recession and then an equally hard Fed pivot to the money printer, then why wouldn't you hold some hard assets instead, like gold, like silver, like Bitcoin? Because if and when the Fed does pivot, those hard assets will likely soar far ahead of any CPI inflation adjustment for those so-called tips and I-bonds. Remember, the U.S. Treasury's mission is to pretend inflation is lower than it is, hide the fact that it's actually high, and obscure the reality that the U.S. dollar is programmed to debase. Still, I believe studies like this are an important exercise for all of us. After all, we need to stay on our toes out there and not be fooled into four times overpriced ribeyes when there may be a Wagyu filet sitting right there for the taking. The information in this newsletter is not intended to constitute individual investment advice and is not designed to meet your personal financial situation. It is provided for information purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. We strongly advise you discuss your investment options with your financial advisor prior to making any investments, including whether any investment is suitable for your specific needs. Subscribe to the Informationist newsletter to stay informed, break down information barriers, and learn about financial concepts quickly and easily at www.jameslavish.com.